0: of being with Brother Paget in a meeting and that they invited me to speak and uh, uh, I was then able to be in his home and preach in his church on Sunday following the meeting he is from Alabama Enterprise Alabama and uh, I want to say this sincerely that sometimes a preacher can say the right things at a meeting look the right way and have it all down as a pat hand. And you may not really see the real man in that type of setting, but I am going to tell you where you really do see the man. And that's when you stand in his pulpit and observe his people and feel their spirit, feel his burden. That's when you really know what kind of a man he is. And I'm here to tell you, those of you that don't know him, I was with him. I observed their home. I observed his wife, their two children. I was in service, this man is the kind of man that PSR wants to have preached to us. He believes the essentiality of the message. His people are clean, holiness people. Their worship was exactly like you have right here this morning. You would have been comfortable in their church, they would have been comfortable here today. He has been a gentleman and a friend to me, and I appreciate him today. I want him to come today, open his Bible, and talk to us out of what the Lord has given him today. I'm hungry for it. I'm hungry for more than just preaching. I'm hungry for an experience today. Would you ask the Lord to bless him as he comes?
1: Thank you, Brother Bo. I'm so happy to be back in PSR. We came last year our first time, and we found something here that we liked. And I certainly counted a distinct privilege and honor to be uh, asked to speak to this meeting today, but I would like to say that we were coming anyway because there were things that I heard last year things that I felt had a profound uh, touch upon my life and I can't really say in words to describe what I have already gained from this meeting this year what profound things we've heard and what a beautiful spirit that has been presented with and uh, I do not i do not take lightly the the efforts of men that have come together to try to provide such a, a way of of a gathering such as we're a part of today and i just want to express my appreciation for those that have done so those men that are involved and support this meeting um, for it to me is it's like an oasis and uh, there's a lot of desert land out there but this is an oasis time for us. And we're glad to be in the presence of the Lord today. Praise God. I, I want to just move right on into the Word of the Lord. And we'll be turning to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 19. Somebody asked me if, I, if anybody had read my text yet. And I said... Well, no, and uh, he said, well, you must be reading out of the book of Maccabees then. there been a lot of preaching going on around here the last few days, but um, we're going to read out of the King James Version, and are going to read out of the Maccabees today. Deuteronomy on the chapter 19, and I want to start reading with verse 1. Amen. I feel the I feel a very strong presence of the Lord today. And I pray that, that God can have his way. That's what it really is all about. Chapter nineteen of the book of Deuteronomy, verse one The Lord thy God hath cut off the nation whose land the Lord thy God giveth thee, and thou succeedest them, and dwellest in their cities. In their houses, thou shalt separate three cities for thee in the midst of thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. Thou shalt prepare thee a way and divide the coast of thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee to inherit it into three parts, that every slayer may flee thither. This is the case of the slayer. who shall flee thither that he may live Whoso killeth his neighbor ignorantly, whom he hated not in time past. When a man goeth into the as when a man goeth into the wood with his neighbor, to he wood, and his hand fetcheth a stroke with the axe to cut down the tree, and the head slippeth from the hell and lighteth upon his neighbor, that he die, he shall flee unto one of those cities and live, lest the avenger of the blood Pursue the slayer, while his heart is hot, and overtake him, because the way is long, and slay him. Whereas he was not worthy of death, inasmuch as he hated him not in time past. Wherefore I command thee, saying, Thou shalt separate three cities for thee. And if the Lord thy God enlarge thy coast, as he hath sworn unto thy fathers, and give thee all the land which ye promised to give unto thy fathers. If thou shalt keep all these commandments to do them, which I command thee this day, to love the Lord thy God and to walk ever in his ways, then shalt thou add three cities more for thee beside these three. Let innocent blood be not shed in thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance, and so blood be upon thee. But if any man hate his neighbor, and lie in wait for him, and rise up against him, and smite him mortally, that he die, and fleeth into one of these cities, then the elders of his city shall send and fetch him thence, and deliver him into the hand of the avenger of blood, that he may die. Thine eyes shall not pity him, thou shalt put away the guilt of innocent blood from Israel, that it may go well with thee would you pray with me one more time today and let's ask god just to open our hearts father we praise you today for the spirit that we feel hovering over this congregation we thank you today for your word we thank you lord god for the anointing that you have put upon us today lord for we know that without your presence without your touch except you build the house we labor in vain in the name of jesus We open ourselves to your will today, and we give you the praise and the glory, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated today. Praise God. I want to take just a few minutes to talk about the uh, reading of our text. In the very first verse of our reading, when uh, we began to read here in verse 1 of chapter 19, he said, When the Lord has cut off the nations, and uh, whose land that you're going to receive, whose cities you're going to live in, when God has prospered you somewhat, there is then a requirement of something I'm going to require of you. He said, Thou shalt separate three cities these cities would become cities of refuge. And he begins to give the case of the slayer that would slay without any malice, without any premeditation. His neighbor, he gives the instance of a man working in the woods and uh, really a circumstance without, that he did not have control over perhaps, the ax head coming off and um, smiting his neighbor until he died. The avenger of the blood would then follow after him. And if this man could make it to the city, then in that city he would find a refuge. There the elders and the priests would, would judge his situation. And there's a qualification added in verse 11 through 13. He talks about the premeditation. Of murder. And uh, he talks about the fact that if this man runs to the city and it is found that he did this premeditated and it was willingly, then they would not have pity. He would not have refuge, but he would be taken out and uh, he would pay with his life. And uh, the avenger of the blood would cause him to die. And as he, as the writer begins to uh describe the situation in verse six i want to point your attention back here for just a moment he said lest the avenger of the blood pursue the slayer this city is set aside for it he said while his heart is hot and overtake him because the way is long and slay him whereas he was not worthy of death now i want to point out to you that the scripture plainly says this man that who had found himself in this circumstance was not worthy of death and that was for the this man that the cities of refuge were set aside and so it was his opportunity to run to flee from the avenger and to run and find his refuge there. And uh, he went just a little further than this. And he said in verse 8, If the Lord thy God enlarge thy coast, as he has sworn to do, as he has promised to do, and give thee all the land which he promised to give unto thy fathers, if thou shalt keep all these commandments to do them, which I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, and to walk ever in his ways, then there is something else that I want you to do. And he said that thou shalt add three cities more for thee beside these three. As I have increased you, and as I have blessed you, and as I have promised to enlarge your coast, and as I have promised to give you the land that uh, was promised to your fathers, As this happens and as this is done there is again a responsibility tied to this blessing and to this relationship that I am having with you he says uh, that uh, if you will keep these commandments to love the Lord and to walk in his way then I'm tying something to that I want you to add three more cities now The point was, as they began to grow and uh, the larger uh, that Israel was, the further it would be to those cities of refuge. The farther it would be for a man to run from one side of the nation to the other side. And if the way was too far and it was too long, then the avenger of the blood, while his heart was hot, he would catch up with this man who was not worthy of death. he would slay him and innocent blood would be upon Israel. He said, do this so that uh, this innocent blood will not be shed in your land. The responsibility was there for them to take care of. The responsibility was for them to set aside these cities. The responsibility was this This grew larger and larger, not to forget that there was a need, there was a responsibility to add more cities so that the distance would not become so great that a man who was pursued could not find his refuge before he was overtaken. I want to preach to you today just this simple thought, shortening the distance shortening the distance amen I want to ask a question I want all of us to ask a question of ourselves today and that question is this are we an individual am I an individual to whom the pursued can flee amen am I a person to whom the pursued can flee amen amen if there is any responsibility that we have today, I believe that it is to shorten the distance for the pursued that he might find a refuge. Will you help me preach this morning? Praise God. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus makes a simple statement along with other things that he's saying. But he said, Blessed are the merciful. Amen. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Praise God. There is something tied together here that I want you to see. That when we are merciful to each other, that we are merciful to one another today, when we shorten the distance, amen, that our brother might find a refuge, that he might find a place from the pursuer that he be not slain that our Father is going to bless us Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy Hallelujah Praise God Hallelujah Amen I've asked uh, Brother Bo to read some things for us today Matthew chapter 22 verse 34 through 40 I want him to read that in just a moment we find that the issue that I am dealing with today, even though my text may seem to be from an obscure place, I had to find something they wouldn't read, amen, but I believe that the issue is not an obscure issue, but it is very central to everything that God had in mind whenever he created this world and, in, and put people in it to inhabit it, amen,
2: Yeah.
1: Brother Bo, if you'll read these verses for us.
0: But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him,
1: Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, And with all thy soul and with all thy mind this is the first and great commandment right and the second is like unto it thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets praise God read that last verse again for us on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets on these two love the lord amen and love one another all right. on these two things amen the law is supported on these two things the law hangs right. as a hinge or from a hook all right. amen on these two things everything else in the law is just put there to accomplish these two things
2: all right all right
1: so what the issue that we are dealing with today is not an obscure issue but it is the most central issue of the law and the prophets uh, and not only the law and the prophets but of the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ
2: right. yeah. hallelujah yes.
1: praise God whenever Jesus was asked a question concerning the fasting of John's disciples they said why do you and your disciples not fast and they were simply asking him, uh, Why don't you conform to what is expected? Why don't you do uh, uh, the things that, are, that everyone else is doing according to the law? And Jesus made this answer. He said, You don't take a new, uh, an old garment uh, and put just a new little piece of cloth in it to patch it with. Or else if you do, that new piece of cloth will shrink, obviously. It will take away from the old and it will make the rent worse than it was. In the beginning, you don't take an old wineskin skin and pour new wine in it, for the bottle will burst. And I believe that what Jesus was trying to tell them uh, was that uh, this dispensational change uh, that's coming about is not going to be an addendum. Uh, it's not going to be just a patch on an old garment. But uh, this this cross that I'm going to. Uh, Amen, this death I'm going to die, this New Testament I'm going to bring in force by my death. Amen, it's not going to be just an uh, an old patch uh, on the law, but it's going to be a completely new garment. Hallelujah. And I believe that is the effect of the cross today when when uh, he died there and his blood was shed. This was the purpose, not to just add another law to the books, not just to try to put a patch on it, not to just prop up something old. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law and the prophets, but I came to fulfill them. Hallelujah. Amen. So when we read that these two commandments are the support the base for all that was in the law we understand that this was not done away with but it was simply fulfilled to the greatest degree in jesus christ when it was said that there is no greater love that a man hath than when he laid down his life for his friends hallelujah Jesus Christ was not, amen, the cross is not just a patch on the law, but it was a fulfillment. It was an expression of the greatest love that a man would lay down his life for his friends.
2: Amen. Hallelujah! Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Praise God. The cross is to have an effect. Man, it's not uh, It's not something that is just to patch our lives. But as it has been so effective in dispensational change, the effect of the cross upon each individual should be the same. Man, it's not a patch on an old carnal life. It's not trying to just infuse something into the same old carnal spirit and attitudes. Amen. But there has to be a change, and the cross, when it has its true effect, will make new creatures out of all of us. Hallelujah. All right. all right. Amen. There is a there is a spirit in this world that's trying to preach a new cross. It's trying to preach a cross that has no suffering to it. It's trying to preach a cross that has no a commitment in it hallelujah it has trying to preach a cross it has no repentance to it oh yes trying to preach a cross that says if you do what god wants you to do then you're blessed and uh if you're not being blessed it's because something is not just quite right in your life but i'm going to tell you something that is not quite so amen when you sometimes when you are living for God sometimes when you are praying you're going to find yourself pursued you're going to find yourself when it may be a result from being out working where you ought to be but something comes together and forces that you can't control cause you to be thrown into a position where you're pressured and where you don't know which way to turn and you're pursued hallelujah and I'm going to tell you something to there needs to be a place of refuge there needs to be a short enough distance that we can run there and find a place hallelujah i said find a place that we will not be overtaken yeah hallelujah my god i'm feeling the holy ghost this morning i believe that god wants us to shorten the distance for our brothers he wants us to shorten the distance for our sisters amen i don't believe that we're of death because the pursuers after us i just believe we need a place of refuge i just believe we need somebody to say i love your brother i need your brother you can make it sister you don't have to fall you don't have to stumble here is a place
2: of refuge hallelujah
1: Oh, let the Holy Ghost work on our hearts today, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, too many folks today like Job's friends. And man i don't know maybe they maybe they meant well but their whole concept of a relationship with god was a little bit off and they came to job and they said sure to job amen nothing like this happens to somebody that's living right nothing like this happens to somebody that's praying nothing like this happens to somebody that hasn't sinned and i don't know but maybe this was the worst part of job's trial was those people that came to him who were supposed to be his friends and didn't understand that God had a different view of Job than that. In fact, God said he's a perfect man. Amen. God said there's not any like him. He's upright. I'm proud of Job. It's not because he's a sinner. It's not because he's done some vile deed. But Job's friends were there to accuse him. And maybe it was the accusation of his friends that was the worst part of his trial. Amen. We need to get out of this superstitious way of, of our concept toward God. Amen. People try to serve God sometimes like people try to avoid the cracks in the sidewalk because they don't want bad luck to come on them. Amen. I've got to be I gotta go to church Sunday morning. I've got to pay my tithes because I don't something bad's gonna happen. But oh, let me tell you something. when you're doing your best for God, there's a cross you're gonna have to shoulder when you're doing your best for God, there's some suffering going to come along. Oh, hallelujah. Your friends that are close by may not always understand what's happening to you, but I believe that you and I that are in this meeting today, we have a responsibility to be sensitive to our brother that's struggling. We have a responsibility to be sensitive to that one that is being pursued, who's running for his life, who doesn't want to Who's out with God? Who doesn't want to fall by the wayside? But if he doesn't find refuge, if he doesn't find somebody to kneel and pray with him, he may fall. He may be overtaken. oh hallelujah oh hallelujah you know i believe if anything happens here today it's not going to be so much what i say it's by whether we allow the holy ghost to touch our heart that's over and over this congregation this morning hallelujah We're too much like James and John at times. We're too ready and too willing to call fire down. Oh, but Jesus stopped and looked at them and said, I didn't come to destroy the lives of men, but I came to save them. James, John, you don't know what spirit you're of. I asked myself the question, uh, how is it possible uh, that those men could have walked with Jesus, uh, that they could have seen his miracles, uh, they could have seen the compassion he had for the multitudes, uh, and yet not even knowing what kind of a spirit they really had. Sometimes we can gloss things over. uh, sometimes if we can cover things over but I think our spirit is really manifested Amen. in our dealings with one another what kind of spirit we got in here it's not going to be so much manifested in a church service over time it may not be manifested uh, just in a casual acquaintance but how we respond to somebody we don't think is doing right Amen. how we respond to somebody that may not fit into the category that we have put them in that they should put in and so we say God just called our fire down from heaven I don't believe that they understood what kind of a spirit they were of the apostle Paul was as he said a Pharisee of the Pharisees he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews but he was a very in a very legalistic position and even though he was going about trying to do what he thought was right, even though he had religion, even though he was very zealous, when the Lord knocked him down on the way to Damascus, he had to look up and say, "Who art thou, Lord?" Because he didn't know who he was. Amen." Paul wrote, "Amen, I believe it was to the Ephesians, he said, He said, You know God. Or he said, Rather, you are known of God. He changed it. Sometimes we're just known of God. But we really need to know God. We really need to know the heart of God. We need to know the heartbeat of Him. Hallelujah. He said, I travail again for you in birth. I travail for you again in birth. Amen. Until a holy overshadowing come over you. Amen. Until there is a holy conception inside of you. Until Christ be formed in you. I believe that's what we need today. We don't just need to be known to God. But we need to know God. We need to know God loves our brother. We need to know God's attitude. We need to know God's compassion. We need to know God's feelings. Hallelujah. We need Christ formed in us today. Holy God, overshadow us in this PSO convention. Let there be a conception. Let there be a birth. Let something come out of this meeting for us today. Let something come out of our hearts that hasn't been there yet. first John chapter 5 and verse 14 this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he heareth us we've got faith good confidence and if we know if we know that he hear us Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And I don't believe that he was talking about asking God to win the Reader's Digest sweepstakes for a new Cadillac. Because he goes right on into his next statement. He says, if any man see his brother, sin a sin... Which is not unto death He shall ask Now he said we have this confidence That if we ask God Anything According to his will He hears us And if we know that he hears us Then we know that we're going to have the petition That we're desiring of him And if any man see his brother Sin of sin which is not unto death He shall ask And he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. I want you to observe this very carefully. He said, he shall ask. If you see your brother, you shall ask. All right? And he shall give him life for them. Do you understand the power? that god's putting in the hands church he shall give him who the man that's asking the one that's praying he shall give him life hallelujah and vine says this this word life here speaks of this present sojourn with reference to its duration amen he shall give him amen the the ability to to carry on and continue on hallelujah he's going to give that to the man that asks for him hallelujah that he's asking for there is a sin unto death I do not say that he shall pray for it all unrighteousness is sin and there is a sin not unto death hallelujah brother I want you to read uh, Matthew chapter 12 verse 31 32 wherefore i say unto you all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men but the blasphemy against the holy ghost shall not be forgiven unto men and whosoever speaketh a word against the son of man it shall be forgiven him but whosoever speaketh against the holy ghost it shall not be forgiven him neither in this world, neither in the world to come. There is a sin unto death. But the first part of that reading says that he shall forgive all manner of sin except this one. Now, I hope I don't have to try to qualify everything I'm saying today. But in no time am I suggesting that we compromise or that we overlook sin And I'm going to say this, that there are some times when men do certain things that we may not be able to restore them to the position that they held prior. Amen. To their mistake. Amen. But he said all manner of sin will be forgiven except this one. And so John said that we have this confidence that if we ask... If it's not the sin unto death, we can ask, hallelujah. And God will give us life for him that we're asking for. Amen. Now that's what the book says. Hallelujah. I said that's what the book says. James chapter five, verse nineteen
2: and twenty.
1: Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him.
0: Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of
1: sins. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus talked about this relationship with one another our ability to work with one another to help one another he talked about it this way in one instance he said how is it that a man who has a beam in his eye will try to go and take out a mote of his brother's eye now when he said beam he literally meant really this is kind of an exaggeration I think but he wanted to prove his point. It like a beam of timber. How can a man who has a beam of timber in his eye take out a mote which is a little tiny speck out of his brother's eye? Now he said to this man, he said, that's hypocritical. He said, the first thing you need to do is get this beam out of your eye. Hallelujah and then you shall see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Now we, we understand what he's saying here and, uh, and I can tell you for a fact if I came to this pulpit today and on all I had to preach to you was a trouble that I was having some, some problem that I was having in my personal life all i would do with that beam in my eye would be to gouge you and i would probably as i try to reach for your eye i would do more than get the speck i'd probably wound your eye and and uh, and cause you very great difficulty in having vision man because i would not be effective i would not be able to take that speck out of your eye but now i want you to notice that it is a fact he is dealing with this that we are to do that we are to help get those specks out of our brother's eye hallelujah well praise god amen amen now so many times we get involved in our own problems so many times all we can see is the finances that are coming due sometimes all we can see is our personal problems at home. Sometimes all that we can see is that big old beam that's right in front of our eye, and we cannot see and understand how to take the speck out of our brother's eye. We're living in a world today when the devil is pressuring the church on every hand. Amen. I'm going to tell you what, there's pressure. And that's what Paul, I believe, moved Paul to write. He said, be not conformed to this world. Amen. Don't allow this pressure to mold you. Don't allow this pressure to fashion you into a selfish, self-centered, unknowing and uncaring person. Hallelujah. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. I believe it's the will of God to shorten the distance today. I believe it's the will of God to get our troubles and get them out of the way and push them aside and look around and see our brothers and our sisters that are running from the pursuer that need somebody to say God, give them life. Give them life. Give them life. Give them life. life." And I don't want to call fire down. I don't want to wound them. But give them life give him life Hallelujah. hallelujah can we worship him right now amen let me carry this just a little bit further if I can I think probably all of us have had our experiences with the guy who has the beam in his eye. We've all been gouged along the way. And we've all wondered at what somebody is, is, is trying to do when they've got such obvious and glaring situations in their own life. And, and they're gouging us and they're wounding us. Anybody ever had that experience? I think probably all of us have. You know, we've we run into that. But what, what can absolutely become the greater problem is when the man with the mote in his eye begins to compare his mote with the beam And he begins to feel that there's nobody capable of judging him. And there's nobody capable of telling him the direction he needs to go. But I submit to you today that we have to come to a place. my soul. I will lose my ministry. when I thank God that there are men who look me in the eye. Amen. Who tell it like it is. Who say, Brother Paget, you need to get this thing out of your life. I know sometimes There's a fear in our heart of being able to express ourselves because we expressed ourselves one time and somebody went and told all of our personal things and spread it all over the place. And I know, yeah, I know you can't go tell the local church gossip, but there's got to be somebody somewhere in your life that you can put some trust in today because if you don't, the distance is going to be so far that when the pursuer takes after your trail. You're not going to make it (laughs) before you find you have been overtaken. 1 Peter 5, verse 5 and 6. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you. (laughs) be subject one to another and be clothed with humility for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God
2: that he may exalt you in due time I do a
1: God said, if you want me to bless you, if you want me to enlarge your coast, if you want me to give you what
2: I've promised you, shorten the distance. Shorten the distance.
1: I want revival. Oh, God's blessings. God help us. Had three more cities. Help us shorten the distance, God. God help us be sensitive. Not proud. Not uncaring. Not knowing. <laughs> ila barat I believe that there are those that are pursued even in this meeting and I wonder how many that you and I have shaken hands with and they searched our face with desperation to see if you were going to speak to them the word and they come so far maybe to hear. Maybe just need to hear somebody say, preacher, you can make it. Maybe just need to hear somebody say, I'm praying for you. God if you're struggling I
2: believe you've come to the right place
1: Jesus told about a man on the way on the road to Jericho and he fell among thieves. And by and by there came a, a priest down the road. And the Bible said that he was so busy going about his religious duties he just moved over and passed on the other side. Passed his brother by left in there. You know, there's so many people that don't want to get involved. So many people that don't want to spend those night hours travailing for somebody. We're living in such a selfish generation. Am I right, church? the spirit that's trying to come into the church but the very identifying mark of his disciples is that you have love not one for another but he said love one to another men will know that you're my disciples by this but there is a self-centered selfish spirit that's trying to invade the church Sometimes the only time that we travail is when we're in trouble. Oh, God, we must shorten the distance tonight. We've read in our newspapers how that sometimes in the city someone is beaten and robbed while many people are passing down the sidewalk and they ignore the screams and they ignore the cries for help every time I hear about something like that it just turns over inside me don't want to get involved don't want to bear the burden of the consequences perhaps but you know what's happening to America every time that happens every time nobody gets involved every time they walk on by that thief that criminal is emboldened by their lack of concern and he feels freer to do it again and I'm going to tell you what the church is doing and I'm not preaching this negative But we've got so busy. I said, we've got so busy that we don't want to stop and heed the screams and the cries of that one that's being overtaken. And every time that we pass by, every time we don't want to get involved, every time we ignore, the devil's getting braver. You listening? You may pass by, and you may go on your way, but the devil's getting braver. And the problem is tomorrow, it may be you, amen, it may be you that's crying. It's maybe you that's screaming and there may be nobody there that wants to get involved. But oh God, can we heed the cry of a brother today? Can we heed the cry of a preacher? Can we heed the cry of a sister? Can we say, devil, I'm not going to let you get by with beating them down. I'm not going to let you take them down. I'm not going to let you destroy their ministry.
2: I'm
1: not going to let you destroy their soul! all of our worship, all of the preaching, all of our holiness. You know what it's all for? It's all to try to accomplish those two central elements. Love God and love each other. And if we're not doing that, we're wasting our time clapping our hands. We're wasting our time having meetings like this. We're wasting our time preaching until our voice is gone. Until somehow we recognize It's all put in the church to bring about these two
2: things.
1: we sometimes like the second one Levi that came by and he stopped long enough to get a good look and he went on his way get the details so I can tell you how to pray about it but it didn't help him any did he oh God I'm so sick of folks doing that come say well I'm just I'm just telling you the details so you know how to pray that's garbage amen god's got a better way he said when you don't know how to pray he said when you don't know what to pray he said the spirit itself will make intercession with groanings cannot be understood and uttered It's time we quit talking gossiping about the details and started praying in the spirit until the spirit can make intercession for that brother that's laying bruised and broken by the hand of the
2: adversary.
1: Folks, this is heavy on me today. Somehow, somehow God has to penetrate our heart today. There's been those kind, like the first one that came by, and they passed on the other side of the road. Too busy, don't want to get involved. And then the next one come by, he just had to see the blood and guts, but he didn't help out either. But then the most unlikely one, the, the, he, he said, the Samaritan, he did that because he's talking to the Jews. The most unlikely person, amen, he came by. He didn't get on the other side of the road. He didn't stop just slow enough for a look so he could go tell it all. Oh, but he stopped. And with compassion, he took out the oil and the wine. And he took this man who was almost dead. He didn't say he's too far gone. Oh, my God. He didn't say there's no hope. He didn't say he transgressed too far. But he said there's still life in him. Oh, God, we need to recognize there's some people who are not moving much. But there's still some life there. There's still a spark. There's still a desire that says, I
2: really do want to live for God. We cannot cast them aside. But God, that we can pour in the oil and the wine
1: and carry them to the end and say, whatever it takes, innkeeper, I'm willing to pay the price that he can live. The white man came into this country. The American Indian had no word, no single word in their vocabulary for friend. They did have a saying that took its place: simply, one who carries my sorrows on his back. That is a friend. Friend is the one who comes in and the whole world has gone out. Let me just say a couple of things here today. I hesitate to use personal examples today, but let me say this. I went to the town where I'm pastoring when I was twenty five years old. I went there in the aftermath of a man, a pastor. Falling away from God, much confusion. There was only 16 people left. I went because I felt like it was God, and I still believe it was and is. I I really didn't know anything about pastoring much. Depend a lot on the Holy Ghost. When you don't know how and I appreciate what I heard last night we're never going to learn how you just don't get old enough or learn how and thank God because that makes us depend on his spirit but I remember and I don't mean to say this critically but I'm just wanted. I'm preaching this today because I know what it is to be pursued I know what it is to have so many pressures coming from all directions there was all the confusion there were bills that came that I didn't even know anything about church was in just terrible kind of a situation and you know there was a one of the families that was left came to me about two weeks after I was there and said brother there's a pastor that's called us a few miles away he wants us to move to his assembly and and help him there. And I didn't, I was so dumbfounded I didn't know what to say. I just said, well, all I can say is i will just pray about it. Be sure it's the will of God. I went back and fell down my face and wept. Not so much because I thought this family was going to leave. Because this was a man who Fellowship with he was a man that I had looked up to he had preached to me and some few weeks after that I he didn't, he didn't call me he just I guess felt like it was pickings are ripe or whatever family prayed about it and they decided it was not right for them to move I saw this man some some little while after that in a camp meeting and And I just took him aside very gently, and I said, Brother, I'm a young man, but you offended me. in trying to pull this family away, this church is just almost nothing left now. And when I needed your support, I felt like that I had just the opposite. So he kind of shuffled around and said, Well, I, if you were offended, I'm sorry, but if you'd have called my folks and done that, I wouldn't have been offended. I have a hard time believing that. But uh, So I accepted it and let it go with that. And a man who was in the crowd immediately following that and went to dinner. The and he told me, he said, This man um, said at the table, and made fun of you today because you can't express this concern to I know what it is to feel like sometimes the distance is so far to go to find that refuge. I began to try to see God work in our church and I began to teach Home Bible studies. I you don't know. Maybe, you, maybe you can't even conceive this. But the men that that we were fellowshipping started disfellowshipping us. because we wanted to win souls. Because we were teaching home Bible studies, and they told everywhere that we were charismatic. You no know, God knows. We've never worn anything but revival and souls and. And uh, we've always believed in holiness, and always will. Hallelujah. My children on my mother's side are fifth generation apostolic, Pentecost. Fourth generation on my father's side. Man, and I personally have searched the scriptures and have embedded in my heart this message, this gospel, this way of holiness but all sorts of things began to be told charismatic we were, I was preaching that it was alright now for women to cut their hair never 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 been anything even leaning toward that reported that we had a big color television in our home a big one I don't know how big it was but it was big according to what I heard I looked all over the place for it and I never could find it <laughs> hallelujah and I started going you know there's so many things and, and, and maybe maybe it sounds negative but really I don't intend it that way I'm just trying to say to you I sense today that there are, there are people in our midst who are almost dying with somebody to shorten the distance but I went to meetings so dry and so thirsty Enterprise Alabama is not a place where people pass through just about going there if you come there were times when I was so thirsty so hungry I'd go to meetings because of what was being told people that I'd looked up to and loved. They brushed me aside. I couldn't understand the coldness. Nobody bothered to ring my phone and say, is it true? I looked into faces. I cried, God, give me something here. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, sometimes we need to we need to pick up the telephone and call and find out if it's really true or not before we cast somebody aside. Oh, God. oh hallelujah but I appreciate the fact that there were a few men in my life that were sensitive to the Holy Ghost and they knew us and they prayed for us Amen. And once in a while I'd walk to the mailbox and there'd be a check. Might not be much. But if it wasn't but fifty cents, just knowing somebody cared enough about what I was trying to do. I know it wasn't alone in the world. Elijah was ready to lay down and die because he said, God, I'm the only one that's left. Well, there's just something about knowing that you're not the only one that's left. That you're not fighting this battle by yourself. Somebody's praying for you. Somebody picked up the phone and called and said, Brother, I'm just praying for you today. Now I'm going to tell you something I haven't always been sensitive to the needs of others. But oh God, I'm trying to get my problems out of my eyes enough that i can I can pray and if god can can give me a few dollars to send on down the line get my finances in, in such an order that, that, that I don't consume everything that God gives me, but, but somewhere when, when somebody's suffering, I can spend a few dollars in the work of God. I can help somebody. Rebo, would you read our next verse, Matthew chapter 25, verse 34 then shall the king say unto them on his right hand come ye blessed of my father come inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world for I was unhungered and ye gave me meat I was thirsty and ye gave me drink i was a stranger and ye took me in naked and ye clothed me i was sick and ye visited me i was in prison and ye came unto me then shall the righteous answer him saying lord when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink when saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee when saw we thee
0: sick or in prison and came unto thee and the king shall answer and say unto them verily i say unto you in as much as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren ye have done it unto me
1: can we shorten the distance Nine individual to whom the pursuit can flee oh Jesus there is a mighty power of God is hovering here today way for the influence of this
2: materialistic society. Oh God. When
1: it's all over with Will they have the tap on our be he lived in a nice house and he drove a nice car
2: or would it be he loved his brother
1: oh I want you just to reach out and touch the Lord right now to the place
2: i don't feel like i can really go on
1: we want revival we want the blessings of god we've got to short the distance Have any oil to pour into the wound today? Oh God. Can we say innkeeper, whatever the cost, I'm willing. I'm willing to ask for something besides a new car. I want to travail for something besides my own troubles. Their faces that are not among us today
2: <laughs> because we've made the way too long.
1: <laughs> Folks, sometimes it's not always easy to ask for help. Sometimes we may be so far down we can't. <laughs>
2: there
1: have been times I didn't know. <laughs> i was going to take the next step but there was a spark in me that says i want to live for god i want to make it i don't want to be lost i felt beaten i felt worn down and god was merciful
2: The way was not too long. Let me encourage you today. The
1: way is not too long. Because I feel like today there are men and women in this congregation who are sensitive. That's what I felt in this meeting last year when I came. Men are not concerned with self exaltation; But are concerned with the work of God. And I feel that sense, that spirit here today.
2: You don't have to go far, child. Turn to your brother turn to your sister. Oh, God.
1: I wonder this morning if we could turn to our brother right now.
2: to fight by yourself (laughs) if you got that in your heart can you do it right now
1: maybe as we stand turn to the brother and sister sister you're not alone there may be many lonely hours but you're not alone
2: Preacher, there may be many wearying days, but you're not by yourself.
1: We are going to shorten the distance for you. I really feel something in the Holy Ghost today. Right while you're praying, I wish you'd just start to begin to make your way down around the front of this altar today. Preachers, come on up here. Saints, come on up here. We're going to pray. We're we're making time today for a moving of the Holy Ghost. I think we need to shorten the distance today.